Thank you for listening to Right Jokes, Wrong Times. Today I was joined by Mia Valdez. You can find her on Instagram at Meonce underscore E. We started the podcast talking about the Chiefs-Bills game. How are you, man? Pretty good. How about you? I'm good. I uh, I was so engrossed in those football games, especially that Chiefs-Bills game. That, oh, yeah. Like, it went into overtime. It finished. We put our kids down, and I had completely forgotten about the podcast. So, like, I'm laying there on the couch, and the second I was like, oh, fuck, I'm supposed to do a podcast, your message came through. So, man, I'm really sorry. <laughs> no, seriously, no worries. I'm honestly, like, the least on-time person <laughs> ever. So Damn. I tell people that I'm very punctual, and then I've noticed lately that I'm not. So, Jesus, I'm a fucking liar, I, I guess. I, I think I've been on time somewhere like two times this year which is a really big deal for me so uh i'm winning i'm proud of myself (laughs) out of how many though because if it's like two out of six (laughs) oh it's probably like 15 going on 30 i don't know (laughs) jesus two going on 30 it's a lot it's too many (laughs) i'm not proud of it what do you think is better though because like i tell people that i'm punctual but then like i probably show up late so what do you think's Mm -hmm. better telling people that you're going to be on time and not being there on time or people just knowing you're late Uh, okay oh we're gonna Uh, bite her but she's always late no it's absolutely people just knowing that you're late because then you weed out a lot of people in your life And the people who love you the most end up keeping you. That's actually really so, nice. That's That actually sounds yeah. nicer. See, there's a message to the madness for sure. But then, then once once they love you enough to keep you around, then you're like, okay, now I got to start showing up on time places because they've earned that. Oh, fuck. Yeah, there's nowhere to go but up. Jesus. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Um, under promise and over deliver. Damn, I think you just sold me on showing up late everywhere. No, oh, so that's why I was late to this podcast, Mia. Damn, good. Thank you. Glad. You just justified my feelings. Now I'm glad that I could make one less punctual person in the world. It makes me look a little bit better. So <laughs> you had a good weekend so far. Yeah, pretty good. Just kind of worked and chilled. Nice. Yeah, pretty so, solid. <laughs> How about you? Yeah, I I basically do nothing on the weekends, and by nothing I mean like I'll do like the random shit I have to do. Like I changed yeah. oil, but otherwise like just chilled. See, changing oil and like watching a football game is so in like imaginary to me that I don't even know what that looks like. Uh, Damn. Yeah. I hear people talk about it. Yeah. So you could come over and do it with me. So I actually like forced my son to like, I didn't force him. I told him I'd pay him for a couple hours to come help me do an oil change. Nice. But ne- next time, just come over. Like, we'll just have a like, hey, this is Mia. She's going to change the oil with us. Okay. Uh, cause she- <laughs> and then we're going to watch some football. You just don't watch football at all either? Uh, I watched football last week, but it's something like it's not painful to me, but it's just something about like not understanding so much about a situation that it's just like, why am I even here? Uh, (laughs) Do I cheer now? I mean, I would never cheer for anything that ever (laughs) happened in football. I think like to me, if I'm watching football, it's like, where's Denzel Washington? There's no (laughs) drama here. If I'm watching football. Yeah, if I'm watching football, it's got to be because some big like race relation is being solved, not yeah, just just for the touchdowns. Tell me when they come out dancing and singing, and I'll be interested. Exactly. So, speaking about changing your oil and football and all that stuff, I did grow up watching football. I did not grow up changing my oil, and so I remember this one time I kept asking my dad for like months and months to help me change the oil on my car, and finally YouTube was like barely just a thing. And I looked up a video on how to change your oil on YouTube and I did it. 
And I remember my dad, one day he was like, you need to change the oil on your car. Mind you, this is like four months after I'd been like pestering him. And uh, I'm like, no, I already did it. He's like, how'd you do it? I was like, I did it on YouTube. And like the look of betrayal was like insane. (laughs) It was so bad. It was just like, oh shit, computers can replace everybody. (laughs) Exactly. No one's safe. I learned how to (laughs) braid my hair. I learned how to braid my hair on YouTube like two years ago, right before the pandemic started. Really? Yeah. So that I was need cool. to do that because like yeah. my daughter, I'm I'm helpless with hair. Like I can't even like brush it. <laughs> yeah, same. I hate I hate dealing with hair stuff. I mean, I just wear uh, like so many different hairstyles. I was brushing my daughter's hair not that long ago and I'm like not doing great. And I'm like, I call out to my wife and I'm like, I feel like this isn't going well. And she's like, well, you need practice. So like, just keep going. And like two seconds goes by just like of silence where I just keep brushing. And my daughter goes, I can feel that it's not going well. (laughs) And my wife is like, give me the brush. (laughs) I, it's like one of my goals. I need to start watching like videos like that where I need to learn how to like actually do a little bit to hair. Yeah. Did you ever teach your son how to brush his hair or is it just like there's too much hair that Uh, makes it complicated or? No, it's more like, uh, especially with guys, I feel like, like there's so little that like, I don't need to teach you anything. It's just kind of there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. it's just kind of down to how you style it. Um, it I remember when you. like having really spiky hair was a big deal. I used to right. beg my little brother to let me like just pour like half <laughs> a container of hair gel on his hair the and just LA make it looks. really spiky. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he, I think he never let me, but you know, which is not a shock hair. Yeah, he might have. And then when he didn't, like the next, like maybe eight times I asked, it was a huge heartbreak for me. Um, You're kind of treading on my heart because I thought spiky hair was kind of still a big thing. And I'm I'm learning now that I'm out of touch. (laughs) Yeah, I haven't seen spiky hair in a long time. Aren't fauxhawks still all the shit? What the heck is a fauxhawk? Maybe. It's basically like the artwork on my fucking podcast. Goddamn. (laughs) Okay. It's my hairstyle, basically. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that is. Yeah, I have seen that. I think it's really cool. I thought it was like an homage or something, like to the past. I didn't know it was like. Damn. Holy shit. I've never felt so old until somebody told me that my hairstyle was an homage to the past. (laughs) It's an homage to old shit. (laughs) Your hairstyle. That's really what I thought it was. I was like, oh, yeah, it's kind of grungy. Like, damn. I don't know. I mean, you hit the nail on the head. I, I fucking love grunge. So maybe it is. Maybe I'm just an homage to old trashy shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like the millennial mullet. I have the millennial mullet. Damn, Are you but a the mullet came back. Uh, I was born in 89, so I don't, I don't know what the hell I am. Really? Wait, are you as old as Taylor Swift? <gasps> I'm probably a little older. Or yeah, we're no, probably right about old the same as, age. Years old. Wow. I have, are you like 33? Uh, I will be 33 this year, so I'm 32 right now. But uh, oh you're making me feel really, can you stop comparing me to <laughs> yeah. really great people? <laughs> okay. Name some other like 32, 33 year olds that suck. That would be nice. I just found out that Zach Dixon is also 32, 33. Oh yeah. Okay. Keep those ones coming. Rattle off a few more of those. I can't <laughs> Let's believe pump you me guys back are up. both the age so, of Taylor so good. Swift. I love that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I realized, I'll tell you one that was really depressing and then we'll jump into the podcast. I realized yeah. as I watched Russell Wilson lead my favorite team to a Super Bowl that we were just about the exact same age. And I was like, I'm watching uh, the game in his shirt on the couch. <laughs> like, what am I doing? <laughs> that was yeah, very weird for me. Man. Well, I mean, think about how I feel with the Euphoria kids. You know, we all have the our kids to bear. Yeah. You. Do you know, have you seen that show Euphoria? No. It's a great show. 
Um, okay. Episode three of the second season premiered tonight. I haven't watched it yet. Um, oh, so I was shit. waiting for you uh, since you were skip. late to the podcast. No. Oh, yeah. sure. Well, you told me not to be punctual after I didn't exactly. show up. So Exactly. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. I was... I'm sorry if that sounded rude. So, Euphoria is just a show about teenagers doing drugs and ruining their lives. So it's like a huge hit. Um, and everybody so, loves it. It's a great, can't get, can't uh, it's great enough. television. Yeah. Can't get Addicted. enough. It's, <laughs> yes. I, damn, I could write such easy reviews. <laughs> you you should. That should be a podcast. So, That'd be awesome. Speaking of which, right. I just saw that you and Pat are going to start a podcast. Another podcast. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Th- uh, is it congratulations worthy? <laughs> I, I like I'm crazy excited to start one, but it's like weird that I feel like podcasts are almost a little lame where it's like, hey, man, I got a podcast. People are like, hey, man, can you stop like just talking about it? <laughs> I had a joke at one point that was like, I feel like I look like I've never dated anyone who didn't have a podcast. <laughs> Damn. Damn. That was that an, that's an old joke. I just. Yeah. Um, I, like it, I always got a laugh, but I, I just stopped doing it. Because I started dating people who didn't have podcasts anymore. Well, that's a perfect segue. So I asked you to think about a joke of yours that you have that does work. Okay. So a joke that does work that is kind of new that I've been doing that has gotten like a quick laugh. Yeah. You might appreciate it because it's sort of a one-liner, but definitely not anywhere near as genius as what you do. Jesus. Um, Easy. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So this is an audio podcast. So people won't know that I am a black woman speaking. Um, now they do <laughs> now they do there you go but uh sure. so the the joke is i'm half mexican um and i'm trying to start embracing my culture a little more uh so i started saying the n-word oh jesus um i i like that joke and i think people in san antonio kind of like that joke yeah because so many mexican people in san antonio say the n-word <laughs> i would imagine as as i'm sure you know you can do one joke one night and it's great and you do it the next night and it's like, yeah. what the hell just happened? Have you ever had that joke go sideways? Uh, I think actually, yeah. One time I was doing it at maybe the Tiger or, oh, I did it um, in New Braunfels for like a mostly white crowd. Oh, yeah. Uh, so I live in New Braunfels. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. And um, it was a little uncomfortable because um, <laughs> I don't like it's like who's on my side here like they're not playing yeah just ask that and raise a hands yeah (laughs) well when I was in New Braunfels I I was kind of like there's a little lull in my set and I was just like you guys like paying taxes Um, (laughs) Jesus (laughs) and they said they did not (laughs) so go New Braunfels um (laughs) I don't know it's a relatively new joke I feel like I've only done it like four times I can't remember it being if it was ever like particularly badly received. The only reason I ask is uh, because I feel like, and maybe this is built up in my head, I feel like especially when I have anything that is along the lines of like race, yeah. gender, any types of those jokes that I feel at least that I have to like tread lightly. Yeah. If those ever go badly, it's like the worst night of my life. I'm like, can this joke just end right <laughs> now, please? Let's move on. You know what I mean? So. I was wondering if that had ever just like really turned a crowd off because I would want to get out of that so quickly if it did. But that's awesome. So walk me through it just a little bit. So you've been using the (laughs) N-word. And give me the reason again. I'm trying to start embracing my Hispanic heritage. So I started using the Uh, (laughs) N-word. Damn. (laughs) I I think the joke is when I was like little, well, I mean, 
I don't know why, I don't know why I think about it this way, but when I was younger and I was like mostly black, like, or I was just mo- always like, I was a black person. This does not make Before sense. Before you transitioned. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. um, I, I wouldn't use the N word because, you know, there were like no other black kids at my school. Right. Um, Wait, what? So, <laughs> yeah. Like, like, I mean, if, if there were, like we were very spread apart. Because I was just thinking, to me, that's weird because it's like, yeah, no one else was there, so I would not say this word. And, like, I understand what you mean. But yeah. at the same well, time, it's like, hey, somebody else is around, so I'm going to start using this word now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just wouldn't want to use it around, like, uh, non-black kids. Also, I was just like, so, I didn't have very many black influences back in the day. So, like, I was always trying to just, you know, keep it peace. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. I'm sorry. Like white kids would use it. Like Hispanic kids would use it. But I always thought a lot of them were like assholes about it. So I wouldn't well, use yeah. it. Like no one, <laughs> no one was ever trying to like be nice to me when they said it. Actually, one time someone said it to me trying to be like really nice to me. But we were like eight years old and I had no idea what it meant. Jesus. How are they trying to be nice? Okay. So this girl and now she is married to a black man now. Um, but we were yeah, in she, choir. I mean, she was nice. Yeah, she was super nice about it. Okay, <laughs> I wanna, we, were, uh, we were in choir and like in the middle of like in between songs, she like turns to me and taps me on the shoulder and like she can't stop herself from laughing. Like she's so giddy about this that she's about to say it. She goes, hey, Mia. And I'm like, yeah. And she goes, you're my nigga. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> like that. You were like, that was sweet. Is that is that what? Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'll be okay. To be really honest, I had just seen this like Oprah show about the N word, right. and I I think that was my mom's way of like telling me that I was black because I didn't know at the time. Right. Um, I've heard you talk about that on stage too. Yeah. So just if you don't mind, just I'll say it quickly, just for barely a touch of background. You are both um, Hispanic and African American. Is that right? Uh. Yes. Um, so okay. I'm uh, Mexican American, and then I guess what would be I think second generation Nigerian wow. American. Um, Whoa! I think yeah. you told me that, and it blew, okay. I think it blew my mind like that the first time. So uh, the reason <laughs> yeah. I ask that is you've talked about that you grew up. If I'm not mistaken, you didn't know you were black. So um, I didn't know I was black until I was like maybe six or seven, and I so, I didn't really I noticed it like color wise, but I didn't really like get any context for it until like other kids would point it out to me. So right. a joke that I, I used to have, I hate this joke so much. It just, <laughs> it's awful. I, it was like the first joke I ever tried to write. It was just shock value. I'll probably still continue to use this joke until it gets better, but it's like, hi, my name is Mia and I'm a dirty little affair baby. Jesus. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or I think the way I used to say it was, you know, people hear my last name and they wonder if I'm like Dominican or I don't know, something else, but <laughs> no, just, so my mom is Hispanic and then my biological dad is just some Nigerian immigrant who committed tax fraud um, and adultery. So, so yeah. you think this is how your mom went through this Oprah show was telling you that you're black? Like was like, it was one know? of the, I mean, well, I mean, to be real, real, 
when I was like seven years old, I just confronted her because <laughs> one too many kids asked me why I was black. And I was like, I don't know what this means. I thought it meant that I was adopted. Huh. Um, so I told her, I was like, hey, if I'm adopted, it's cool. You can just tell me. I wow. still like At you. seven, man. That's a heavy conversation for a seven-year-old. It sure was. I say it sure, sure was, was too. Um, Damn. Yeah. So we, we had that conversation and. And she was like, Oprah. Yeah. Yeah. I need help. I, I, yeah, I think it was one of the, I mean, we would watch Oprah a lot, a yeah. lot. I mean, so. in fairness, a lot of fucking people did. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. Uh, I always thought one day I would like be on Oprah because I was an affair baby. I was like, oh, this is a great story for Oprah. There's no way she's not taking this. Um, well, what do you mean you thought you could? She's still around. She still does shows here and there. Still set that goal. That's you could fucking true. be on that show. I can fucking be on Oprah. And I think she's I mean, an avid listener of this podcast, if I'm not mistaken. I, I've heard that. I've heard so, her tweet about it. So you've heard her tweet. That's how everybody knows <laughs> yeah. you're like, you don't have shit dictated <laughs> to you like that. <laughs> okay. So I asked you to think about a joke of yours that you have that doesn't work on stage. So what do you have for me there? Well, that was a tough one for me because all my jokes are pretty solid. Obviously. Yeah. I, I was like, damn, I don't know <laughs> no, if she can no. like even think of one. <laughs> I really I I was trying to cheat this let me ask you if you don't mind why were you trying yeah. to cheat this because the reason that I have this topic this is actually the reason that I have the show is this mm -hmm. specific question so many of the jokes that I write I'm like oh this is funny and I get up and then nobody laughs <laughs> yeah and so I wanted to hear the jokes that people have like that that they're like dude this was funny and I just couldn't get people to understand yeah. it you know yeah. what I mean yeah I think that the the first one I have of calling myself like a dirty little affair baby. Right. I, I I think it confuses people and it's just like a shock value joke. I really don't like it, but I still tell it. I don't so, know how else to like explain the situation. I don't know. I, I don't have, I don't know. You Can you tell me which one of my jokes do you think is bad? Oh, that's not a good idea. <laughs> That'd okay. be like you being oh, like, shit. hey, why don't you tell me my weight? <laughs> okay. So I feel like I'm set up for failure on that question. <laughs> Why don't you tell me my age? I don't know. If you don't mind, let's talk about that one. Because if you're saying that you don't like it, then that's that's more than enough. So why don't okay. you like that one specifically the way it's written? Because you say it goes for shock value. Yeah, it's a, it's a little shock value-y. Right. If you don't mind me asking, what are you trying to convey with that line? What are you trying to tell the crowd? Oh, man. When I first wrote it, to be completely honest, I wanted to come across as like different yeah. Um, like, hey, this is the thing that's unique about me. Right. And when I wrote it at the time, I felt like a total sellout. Like, and I, I've done the joke to my in front of my parents before. Is that um, awkward? You know, my dad actually, my Mexican dad, he like looked at me so. like he had never been prouder of me. I, and like after like he saw because it was a comedy competition, and right. it it was really beautiful because um I was definitely they were the only people I was ever like afraid of seeing me like do jokes about that good and they were so supportive they were actually really supportive just like my dad almost I, I felt he like looked at me like I like he had never seen me be like more beautiful or something um so that was really cool nice but they've always been that way like very supportive so then it almost felt more like well now that I know I can kind of say jokes like that it's like do I really want to fair enough very fair because because it doesn't even really like reflect the situation uh, and it's total like honesty. And, um, you know, people kind of walk away with all sorts of interpretations of that joke or like 
maybe even my parents or my mom or my dad, right? that I end up being like, what? How did you come up with that? That's so out of left field. But then they're like, well, you said this. And I was like, I guess yeah. I did say that, but that doesn't mean it's what you think it so, is. Yes. Well, do you think that the way that you were raised or your circumstances, however they may be, are funny? Whatever led you to you, do you think that specifically is funny? And what I'm talking about specifically is what I can think of that we've already talked about. Mm-hmm. A fair baby, right? Which is something that's unique. Yeah. Mixed race. You have. It sounds like you have a stepdad as well. I don't know is that how who to you put were talking it. about, right? Yeah. Like I have never referred to him or like thought of him as my stepdad, but I get that it might sound that, that way. I don't know. See, yeah. it's just, it, it was very, it was weirdly like, very traditional, but I guess non-traditional. I don't know how to explain it. Like, um, so they, they, <laughs> my mom and dad, and I'm talking about my, you know, my biological father, like I've never referred to him or thought of him as my dad. I, he doesn't exist to me. I mean, he right. exists technically, I guess, but you know, I've never talked to him, never met him. And then my dad, some, like I'll say my Mexican dad for clarification, but, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, he, when my mom got pregnant with me, from what I've been told, you know, like he won't even tell me this because he just won't. So this is like how I know it's kind of true or just it was important to him at the time. But like people have told me in secret, you know, they weren't supposed to be telling me this. But like at the time that my mom got pregnant with me, he told all of his family and all of my mom's family, like, you know, we're staying together. This is my kid. And if anybody has something to say about it, like you don't have to be part of our lives, basically. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, just the way I put it kind of, I guess, spiritually is like, oh, like I've always felt like that's my dad. Like that's who I, yeah. like cosmically, like in the whole, <laughs> you know, timeline of things that ever happened in the universe, like this was always going to be my dad. Uh, one way or another. Yeah. So my question is, all those few things, right? Your circumstances yeah. growing up, mine, for example, were uh, like I was raised by a single dad for most of my mm-hmm. life. Like most people are raised by a single mom if they're raised by a single yeah. parent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so to me, that's unique. Your circumstances are so unique. Do you think that your unique circumstances are funny? Um... Or did you have a, <laughs> do you have a funny lens looking back at it now? Like, do you feel like you can joke about it now? Do you find funniness in all of your circumstances growing up? Because it sounds like that's what your joke is trying to do. The dirty little affair baby joke. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that the circumstances themselves were not very funny. But I think like the people in my life and my family are just very like brutally funny like right. they, they, uh, like my extended family, like they love me very much, but they also are just, I guess, like bullies. So <laughs> I don't know, like everybody kind of teases everybody. So the sense of humor Which I, I love. have, exactly right. Same. Like that's like the love language when like you're so comfortable with someone that you like roast them, them or down. sit on them. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that, that, there's like a different level of like intimacy or just knowing somebody yes that's why i'm so nice to you mia (laughs) (laughs) truly you're always so uh on time too i'm so (laughs) damn uh all right well i asked you to think about a joke (laughs) of yours that you're writing now so what do you have for me there okay so i tried to like i haven't been able to like fully write out the joke the jokes yet but yeah i sometimes growing up I'd like almost like try to race bait my family. Because <laughs> uh okay, so and this is like very dramatic. I, and I how old are we talking here? Fifteen. Okay, okay. Fifteen through like 
20, 21, 22. Damn. Um, so post am I adopted? You've already seen Oprah. You're familiar. Yeah. Now. <laughs> yes. Yes. You're up to speed. And, <laughs> yes. But like, so growing up, I, you know, it wasn't really talked about like why I was black and it wasn't really acknowledged that I was black. So, I mean, you know, you go through adolescence and you're, I mean, I'm dramatic as hell anyway, <laughs> but then also like just going through something like uh, it, maybe it was just me. But I felt like I couldn't really talk about things. And Damn. I felt like, oh, like, I'm like, the secret or like, if I, I just felt like I couldn't like air things out. So I'd get like passive aggressive. <laughs> and like, it, see, this is like the fucked up part is I'd get passive aggressive, but about like, really serious things that happened in the world, like when Trayvon Martin uh, oh. was killed, I like started listening to Kendrick Lamar really really intensely and like just annoying people on purpose like I would I like I'd ask my parents like really pointed questions out of nowhere I think I remember okay this is a very specific example like I ruined Mother's Day when I was 15 <laughs> by crying in a Johnny Carino's because no one else in my family was mad at the fact that Ben Affleck's ancestors owned slaves at one Ooh, point that's rough <laughs> uh, i'm just learning this now damn <laughs> and i was like you know what this means right we can't watch argo anymore <laughs> <laughs> and everyone was like they were like they looked so annoyed with me um, they were like your mother's birthday this is nice yeah uh, yeah <laughs> they were like can we chill out we're eating pasta at johnny carino's we don't even and like was, argo yeah Oh, well, I can't was, say that. Argo's a brilliant, it's a great film. I might watch it after this, honestly. It's I've actually never movie. seen it. <laughs> it's Sorry. so good. <laughs> no, you're all good. But like, I would just get really, really emotional and like burst into these like, why aren't you guys mad <laughs> type scenarios. And, but I mean, um, you're also in almost every sense of the word, still a kid. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, I yeah. didn't understand that. But damn, you also went through like you, you said you felt like you couldn't even talk about you growing up so I could understand like lashing out yeah and I think that was like um if anything was like funny about growing up it was it was that like I it would be it would get so frustrating but there was also like a lot like a lot of love there like so much love that like yeah. so many people don't get and so many different forms of support that you know as upset as I like maybe had ever gotten in my life I always I also knew that I was just like very 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 privileged like emotionally financially and just like opportunity wise you know had a great education I don't know I guess I, I just had it going for me you know so, um, so I I kind of grew up feeling like I was kind of worse off right like I grew up maybe thinking that I was like poor and and poor is strong but like we didn't have money and you know I didn't have the best shit now in retrospect I'm like damn I had such a great life <laughs> like right, I was right, doing yeah. just fine so what I was asking you earlier about it sounds like your situation it sounds like maybe you were afraid to come off wrong about your situation or offend the people in your situation but uh, and what I mean by situation is your upbringing, your unique childhood that's so unique to you that like who else out there can bring the funny to a situation like yours and talk about the very specific things and real things that you can talk about in a funny way? Because like you can't talk about being raised, for example, like I can about being raised yeah. by a dad, right? Yeah. And I cannot, no matter how I try, 
bring the funny out of your unique upbringing and you have a goddamn unique upbringing compared to most people, just like I feel I do, right? Mm -hmm. So I like the funniness there. I like that you were going for it. I'm sad that you felt like uh, maybe you were stepping on people's toes in your family and didn't want to offend them. But I, I would love to see, especially from such a scenario and everything you could talk about growing up and not feeling like you could talk about you. (laughs) And how you came into existence is a pretty heavy thing. I think if you could find the funny in that, that would be incredible. Well, okay. And I'm, I want to be honest, but I also don't Don't be honest. (laughs) Yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to be, but I mean, to hear you say that, I think it brings up like the great, I hate this so much, but like the anxiety of it all is like, okay, like now am I going to be worthy of being able to like, I don't know, do justice to that experience? Like, am I going to be funny enough to... I think people, like, especially today, are, like, they wish so much that they had, like, these unique upbringings. Like, I almost feel like I'm cheating. Like, I have a lot of material out of that. And if I don't live up to it... If I don't live up to it, I'm going to feel like a pretty big loser. So I feel the same way. I was raised by a single dad, uh, and I was raised Mormon. Like, those are kind of a couple variables that not a lot of people grow up with. And so... I heard... Yeah, I heard of pe- some people talking to you about that after the show on Friday, I think. Yeah. And so, like, I, I understand that because I, especially with Mormonism, I felt like, especially at first, people looked at me like, oh, this dude's Mormon. Why isn't he, why doesn't he have like killer Mormon jokes? I could write killer Mormon jokes better <laughs> than him. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I, I don't know, man. Like, I feel like, uh, dude, I don't know. I, I love where you're going with what you're trying to bring out of your situation, even though you, you talked about, am I worthy to talk about this stuff? Probably not. Like, I'm I'm not worthy to talk about my situation whatsoever. But yeah. you don't know until you try and you'll get better at trying that alley. Damn. Now I have to, like, think about stuff a lot more. So, I'm def- I definitely shy away from it in writing unless, like, something comes to me and then I'll try to like write it down really quickly and then get away from it. But, and I'm not telling you to push that, but I do think that if you can find the funny in that situation, that situation is so raw and the things you could bring up, nobody else can. And I've really grown to love that about comedy. How many other people can bring up things in a million years. I can't bring up. I I don't have the ability to bring up their situation and talk about the things they can talk about. Yeah. Do you have any examples you think of like people who do that like any big comics like that who you really like or any bits that people can look up or I can look up specifically uh, well uh, I'll tell you the person that really made me start thinking about it is Eddie Griffin I watched him do a nice. show and everybody he did like a Q&A during it and somebody asked him his favorite comedian and he was like man he's like there is no like this comedian that comedian he's like it's not a it's not a competition it's their flavor of comedy and their flavor of comedy and their flavor of comedy And that was kind of the first time I thought about it like that. And so I started watching people's sets from there and thinking about how like, okay, their flavor of comedy. And I noticed people were talking about their situations. Um, One that just really struck out to me is uh, LaRon Wright. And he talks about being in special classes in school. Yeah. Yeah. Pat talks about like growing up where his dad wasn't in his life. Like I, I can't write about that. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I had the exact opposite. I can't illustrate the funny that he can bring in that. So it's more stuff like that. And I've actually kind of stopped watching bigger comedians and I kind of stuck to local. (laughs) I like seeing what's going on around me. Do you ever go back and forth like, okay, that's enough local people for now. Let me go back to watching like the big league people do it or... Not unless it's live. I've actually kind of just blown like full blown gone into like I listen to like podcasts of all the people around me and... 
yeah, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Trying to just kind of dive into the local scene. That's cool. I think I'm going to do that. Okay. Um, so, I'm sorry. I don't, I have one, I think, question about something yeah. you mentioned earlier. Um, yeah. So when you said, I don't know if you said this word, but like you said, it's not a competition. It's like everybody has a different flavor of comedy. Yeah. I, before I like kind of got the guts to actually try to do, I always knew that I wanted to do it, but I didn't know if I'd like, like walking up on the stage is different. I, I'm like, th- this is my like one year anniversary sort of. Oh, uh, nice. Doing Good for you. Stand-up. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. And I remember like when I first started, it would always like piss me off to think about like Dave Chappelle when he first started. I know this is going to sound so stupid to people who actually do comedy and are like good at it, but I would, I'd compare myself. I'd be like, well, like his first time doing it. I think he said he killed and I've been doing like, this is my eighth time already. And I can't stop shaking when I get on stage and I think what like I never wanted to compare myself to other comedians. Like I always wanted to tell myself like, oh no, I'm like I'll be okay because more than anything, I'm a fan. Right. So if somebody's doing well, then that's good for me too because I get to watch it and learn from it. But I hate. Do you ever get those that feeling of like, oh, I should be where they not where they are, but like I should be better like they are or. Absolutely. I'll tell you the feeling I get more often than not. So it's human to feel jealous, right? If somebody gets a show and you're like, dude, we started roughly around the same time or whatever, whatever reason you feel like, oh man, I could have done well on that show. For example, it, it, that is human nature to get jealous. A lot of times the way that I talk myself out of that jealousy is I think about all the reasons that the person who did get that deserves it. And a lot of times it's because they're out way more than I do, doing mics way more than I do. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So that is way, that's human to feel that way. It's human to compare and feel jealousy and all that shit. Everybody feels that shit. Yeah. I, I feel it all the time. I think that goes back to, again, like, you want to be worthy of like the reason that you want to start doing comedy in the first place and is for the bitches, right? It's for the bitches. <laughs> a thousand percent. <laughs> that's what hundred. That's yeah. actually why I do everything is for the bitches. <laughs> I totally feel that. I was just talking to somebody about that and he told me, he's like, you need some bitches, man. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. I mean, when is it like a couple bitches, <laughs> like not a great, great idea. I'm sure that's true. If somebody was like, yo, man, I'm going to roll up with a couple bitches. You'd be like, cool. Hell yeah, cool. man. They sound sweet. They sound sweet. Okay. So, I, if someone told me that I'm rolling up with a couple bitches, I'd be like, damn, I got to take my anti-anxiety medication. Uh, oh, I'm really? trying to have a good time. I hate social anxiety. Yeah. Yo, but Sometimes. bitches are down to have a good time. Exactly. You're right. You're so right. Nobody's like, hey, I'm get... bringing a couple bitches and they're, because if you were like bringing a couple bitches to fight, that means they're going to bitch out. I hate it when bitches bitch out. <laughs> Damn it. I shouldn't have brought the bitches to the fight. Yeah. Fuck. Where are the homies? <laughs> the homies. Damn it. It's... And then the one time you bring the homies when you're supposed to bring the bitches. Damn it. Yeah, exactly. And then the home, both homies are like, where are the bitches at? And I'm like. <laughs> you're like, I only brought you guys. Bring... Yeah. <laughs> and I'm it's already hard. Yes <laughs> <laughs> I already paid for dinner. And the movie. Well, cool, man. Well, thanks for doing this with me today, dude. Yeah, for sure.